your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the problem. We're selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next six months? Let me start off with a, a note that I actually posted tonight. And that note was written one or two years ago. And I'm just going to read it out. You cannot control the shit that happens to you, but you can control your response. You cannot control the shit that happens to you, but you can control your response. Let me go over that bit. What that basically says, hey Shane, by the way Shane, it was great meeting up with you in Perth. Shane is the REWA number two agent for all of Western Australia, a guy in his early 30s. I love what he's doing on a video and social so much that we're gonna, he's been a gym member for a while and I said to him, I wanna interview you about the work that you're doing with on, on social and video because there's a lot of people that on social and video, you know, they've you know, put photos of their Rolex watch or, you know, where they're out partying. But this guy here, to me, is absolutely nailing how to actually give people a backstage view of what your life is like as a real estate agent. He actually runs press conferences as part of his video strategy to actually um, stand out, like the great book, The Purple Cow. So, guys, go and check him out. Um, uh, um, Beaumont is the surname, Shane Beaumont. Go check him out. Now, let me go back to what I'm going to talk to you about today. It's this you know, note that I wrote to myself, and then I actually posted it. I'd handwritten it, and it was in a time that I was going through an absolutely dark place in my life. And um, let me just go through it. Um, you can't control the shit that happens to you, but you can control your response. I was thinking of cancer. Hey, I haven't had cancer in my family. I was one of the first. But guess what? It's not my fault, but it's become my problem. So what do you do? You focus and participate on the solution, which brings me to the next point. Things get better by choice, not by chance. 100%, 100%, you can absolutely influence things by the behaviors and the thoughts that you actually bring to the total equation. A lot of people that rely on luck go nowhere. That's why I wrote things get better by choice, not by chance. The next thing is that I put down in this note, falling down, sorry, dis decisions determine destiny. Think about it. With better decisions, you take better actions. With better actions, you get better results. With better results, you have a better life. So you all of a sudden begin to realize that there's this logic sequence that if you think better, you do better. And when you do better, you get better. So things get better by choice, not by chance. Decisions determine your destiny. You know, at the end of the day, the quality of your life is going to really boil down to is the quality of the decisions that you make. The decisions that, you know, the decision you choose on whether to wake up and train or whether to actually stay in bed. The decision on whether you'll be nice to that person or whether you'll be arrogant to that person. The decision on what you're going to put into your mouth. The decision on what you'll choose to listen to that day. The decision on what you'll choose to read. The decision on whether you are going to be the best you. So all of those are choices. The next thing is falling down is an accident. Staying down is a choice. 
What that basically was saying when I was writing it is this, that you know what? You might screw up and you might fall down. And if you want to succeed, fail faster, which I'm saying is there is actually nothing wrong with actually failing. It is actually part of the equation on succeeding. What the problem is, is if you've got no bounce back. See, think about it. If you're in real estate right now, and you're the sort of person that's got 100% success rate in getting a listing at a listing presentation, but you only are going to 10 a year, which means you get 10 listings a year, you still lose against the person that's actually got a 50% success rate, and they're going to 100 listings. You get smashed by that person. So, Understand that rejection and failure is, my, is part of the game that you must play to win. While I'm going to do that, I'm just going to have a quick drink of water here. This was given to me actually by Mark Novak from that great agency, Novak Property in the Northern Beaches, DY. I went out on the boat with him and his team to do a training course, not just to sit on the boat and get pissed. We ran a training course, a bit of culture building, and... Um, um, he gave me this water, Aqualove, 9 to 10 point pH, which I actually thought to myself, 8 was the highest, but um, 9 to 10. And I love, I love square bottles for some reason. Mm. Mm. Okay, let me move on to the next thing. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. You've heard me say that before. Why is that important? Why? Think about it. All the good stuff in your life happens outside of your comfort zone. You know, people will turn around and say their kids are the most important thing. Yet for a female, that will be the most uncomfortable thing she ever does. Can I say, many people that enter business, they turn around and as stressful as it's been for the first two to three years of their life, they turn around and say, hey, that was a pivotal moment for me. That was where I created circumstances which made it difficult for me not to actually succeed. And I look back and say, that was the turning point in my life. So all I'm saying is, if you actually ever feel weird, nervous, scared, anxious about something that you're doing, you're probably on a great thing. Keep going. The next thing is, and by the way, if you, if you, if you never want to be uncomfortable, never ever want to be uncomfortable, all you should do is line up, head to a funeral parlor, sit and just fucking wait. The next thing is, let me move on. Um, you won't, this is one of my favorite bits of this sentence. You just won't get much shit done if you only grind on the days you feel good. Anyone, anyone, guys and girls, anyone can work hard. Anyone can have the hustle. Anyone can be pumped when you feel like it. Hey, what about when you don't feel like it? What about the nights that you've had a shit night's sleep? What about the days when you've actually had two bad phone calls that morning? That's when you truly see the ability of a person to be disciplined. Because working when you don't feel like it, for me, that 
is what separates the winners from the mediocre. You see, your ability to separate how you feel and what you do ultimately will determine the altitude and the heights of your life. So guys and girls, and we just welcome Steve Georgiakis all the way from Batemans Bay. He's gone out there for a couple of days. Hello, King Panos. And I believe Steve Georgiakis has just plagiarized, plagiarized Nick Rigas's favorite line. He calls me King Panos. Guys and girls, let me move on to the next one. Um, and that is, and be yourself. And I, I feel like I'm quoting, I feel like I'm one of these TV evangelists that is quoting parts of the Bible and then elaborating on them, okay? So, and verse 7, verse 7 goes on to say, and be yourself. People don't have to like you and you don't have to care. I will repeat that again. In verse 7, Tom Panos says, and people don't have to like you and you don't have to care. Hey, here's the deal. If you have a value system that says that everyone must like you, you will always sit on the fence and you will never get noticed. Now, I have to say that one of the questions I'm asked consistently is if you're on social media, how do you handle trollers? How do you handle people that put comments such as, get off my timeline, you jerk. Or I had some guy today saying, get off my Facebook post, you fuckwit. Here's what I do. I actually do never, ever engage with these people because what these people are really hoping to do is actually evoke a reaction from you. That's what they're dying for. They're really lonely and miserable because no one's paying any attention to them. And they're sitting behind their keyboard and they're saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. But the issue is that I'm not picking you because I'm picking myself. Guys and girls, I want to move on and I want to talk to you about a topic which I discussed earlier this week. This week was a very big week. It was Sydney left Sydney, Canberra left Canberra, when Melbourne, Melbourne went Perth, had seven coaching sessions in between of those, sat into two important conferences and would have spoke to, I don't know, maybe two, three thousand people. And I had someone say to me, Tom, what do you do? What do you do to recharge? And why don't you focus on life balance? Here's what I think. I believe I am best described as an engaged workaholic. And what I mean by an engaged workaholic is that I love the work I do so much that I don't know why I would look to recover from something that gives me energy, 
passion, meaning, contribution, makes me feel like I'm living my best life. Now, I had a job that lasted three months where I sold stationary printing. It was actually forms. This was when I was 19, 20. It lasted three months. The job was only 35 hours a week and I would need two days to recover because I hated the job so much that Sunday night used to cause me absolute depression. You see, you don't go to the movies and then go home to have a recovery session because you like it. You get immersed into a good movie. And it is the same with my work. So I have got over the feeling of having people say to me, you need to have life balance. I have to say to you, I need to have life work integration, not life work balance or turn it the other way around, work life balance. For me, what I need to have is this blurriness of the lines where actually work, family, friends, exercise, it's all one. And Ariana Huffington, who um, has been ranked as one of the 100 most influential people on the planet, said that when she was a young kid, this is really interesting, when she was a young kid and she used to have uh, birthdays, she would send the kids home after about an hour or so so she could read right? Just picture the sort of kid that she was. And it was someone that was just immersed in reading. Um, and there's Nathan. All you need is coffee and a bay run. 100%. I've got to say, well, Nathan, Nathan from Bell Parramatta, one of the great real estate, you know, entrepreneurs, thought leaders in the business. I see him, you know, occasionally on a weekend. And um, he's just summed it up there, you know, like, what do I need for me to have work-life balance? Let me just explain to you, what do I need? I need to sleep reasonably well. I need to do exercise. I need to actually spend, you know, a morning ritual that gives me time for me to have focus and have gratitude, call it meditation, prayer, immersed in something. Now, I'm, you know, this thing about meditation, I've got to say to you, people throw that out there like it's, you know, the solution to everyone. I know a lot of people whose meditation is immersed in gardening. I know a lot of people whose meditation is immersed in actually praying. I know a lot of people whose meditation is actually yoga. So don't ever feel that whenever you hear people saying is, you've got to do meditation. All we're saying is, it's a good idea to do something to actually pull the PowerPoint out of your head, like you do with a computer, stop it, allow that computer to actually just reboot again. That's, I think, what we talk about. As Chica says, um, fishing is another one. So here are the sort of things that, you know, I want you to understand. You might be what I call a work-life integrator, not a work-life segmenter. I will say that again. You may be someone that is a work-life integrator, not a work-life segmenter. 
A work-life segmenter is someone that has to have very clear boundaries. Like they want to walk inside the house and they don't ever want to look at their mobile phone again. They want to take their clothes off. They want to have a shower and they don't even want to touch their kids till they feel like, hey, I am now totally out of work mode, right? There is a group of people like that. There's another group of people who are people that actually much prefer to have a more blurry line between things. They're people that can quite easily do a lot of their phone work from home. I have to say to you, I know a lot of great real estate people, Rick Sarayo from Bondi Beach, Michael Pallia from Double Bay, who are people that do a lot of their work actually not inside an office. So I think, as Michael Tringali says here, if it makes you happy and your relationships are excellent, then that's great. My biggest issue is you have people that judge what you do. Now, let me say you a couple of other things. I'm going to say to you that one of the things that's going to help you in your life having work-life integration, but is learning the ability to say no a lot more. Learning the ability to say no. And because what actually happens is your life will be as happy as the amount of no's that you're able to master to people. So gang, let me just share with you a couple of other things that I think are extremely useful tonight to talk about. The second thing is, is about being your own boss. Now, if you're a person that is in real estate, or if you're a commission-only person, or someone whose income stream is highly dependent on commissions, I want you to know you work for yourself. Now, being someone that works for themselves, being your own boss, I have to say to you, you've got to be your best own boss and not your worst own employee. Think about what I've just said. You've got to be your own best boss and not your own worst employee. One of the biggest challenges that I think people that are self-employed have is the ability to handle free time. You see, when you work in a bank or when you work at a Subway you know, sandwich shop, Structures are in place where you don't have to be self-motivated. The work actually happens and you actually have to do the work. However, when you enter into the world of being your own boss, and by the way, for many of you, going off and planning the escape, listen to me very carefully, planning the escape Many of you must start thinking about planning the escape because if you're not totally happy with what you're doing, as I said, things get better by choice, not by chance. And you must plan the escape. And I must say to you that a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, you know, self-employed or commission-only people, what they tell me that they love the most about is that they take control and direction of their life. They feel like they're doing it their way, doing their thing. Thank you, Bernard. Thank you for reaffirming to me that I am the best. And I've got to tell you, you know what? In my head, 
Everything that I say, I think to myself, is fucking spot on. So you've just reaffirmed to me that what I'm thinking is absolutely correct, which is another thing I should be talking about. Guys and girls, you've got to pick yourself because if you don't pick you, how do you expect someone else to pick you? But gang, here's what I notice about people that are able to do their own thing. They're really good at job crafting. Job crafting is something that what you do is you craft your job based on what you're good at, what you like doing, what energizes you when you want to do it. But I am going to give you four big tips that I use as someone that uses a studio, my studio where I do a lot of my work. I also use News Corp for some of my work and Qantas lounges for the rest of my work. And I've got to say to you that there are four things that I do that help me get into what I say, you're in work mode. Number one is going to a place to do the work. And for me, it's got to be things like, you know, my studio, I consider that a place. A desk at News Corporation, I consider that a place. A work spot, at a Qantas lounge, I consider that to be a work spot for me, or believe it or not, in my car. I find that in my car, it doubles up as a really great portable office. The second thing is, I like to have routines. I like to have schedules. I like to think of myself as being very much like a bricklayer, and I say, as a bricklayer, I want to do this whole brick this week, this whole wall. And what it means is I've got to do 200 bricks per day. And I love quarantine time and saying that this is where I'm going to be doing my brickwork today. The next thing is that helps when you're self-employed and an entrepreneur is this, is to have ongoing interaction with people that are similar to you. These people here allow you to use them in many ways as a support co-coach, you're not on your own. That is one of the really great things I love about the real estate gym community and the thousands that are in it is that they have this ability to be able to lean on each other and not feel like they're competitors. And the last thing that keeps me motivated when you are self-employed, because don't forget, when you're self-employed, you've got to learn to manage free time, right? You can go sit in the movies from, you know, nine o'clock to five o'clock. But what you want to do is always start your day with remembering the reason you're doing the work you're doing. You're reaffirming to yourself your why. So this helps me a lot in self-management. Now, someone asked me, Tom, as a guy that does a lot of coaching, a guy that, um, that believes in coaching, who's your coach? Well, I'm going to come clean. I don't have a one individual as a coach. I don't have a coach. I have a lot of people that are specialists in various information, various categories, various things that are important in my life. But I have to say to you that I coach myself. 
Of course, I have an advantage over most people, having done a number of qualifications at university level and postgraduate level and master's degree level, which has helped me understand behavioral science um, a lot more. And I've done coaching qualifications um, in, at a graduate certificate level at Sydney University. And I have to say to you that I use a technique um, called self-distancing. So whenever I have a challenge or a problem and I want to coach myself on it, what I do is I say, what advice would I be giving someone I'm coaching or a friend if they had the same problem? Because when I do that, I take myself out of the problem. You see, when you are in the problem yourself, when you're in the frame, you can't actually see the picture clearly. And what actually happens is by using self-distancing, it allows you the technique to step away and be able to look at things from a distance. So gang, I'm going to let you finish off today and just say to you, that um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that everyone that is watching this rant tonight understands that ultimately I am a really big believer, a really big believer that everyone is in fact the CEO of their own life. And I believe that somewhere along the line, Yes, this is a weekly rant. By, by the way, guys and girls, there's a few people asking, new people. So Susan has opened the real estate gym doors, realestategym.com.au. Can I remind you what it is? It is me being your coach for the next 12 months. And you will also be, so I'm video coaching. You get these things, but on a real estate level, scripts, DVDs, templates, forms. I take everyone's content from every network, from every top agent. I'd rip it off, duplicate it, edit, and I put it back to you for you to use. So you don't just get people from your office or your network, you get the total real estate system. And I'll tell you why, because listen to me carefully, there is not one way, there is your way. Remember that, there is not one way, there is your way, and everyone, that actually is a real estate gym member will actually save $350 off the official real estate um, ARIC price, which is $1,150. So guys and girls, I wanna thank you so much for joining in today um, and having a listen. And I'm just trying to remember, is there something I didn't actually you know, cover that I think is important? Yes, there is. There's one thing that's important. And that is this, By, guys and girls, listen to me very carefully. This thing about you know, life balance, may I say to you, if you're working a job that you really dislike, or you're working with people that you don't like, or your boss is not a good person. My advice to you is that it can be extremely depressing and draining to spend every Sunday night of your life in darkness, knowing you've got to spend the next five, six days doing things that don't energize you. My recommendation is that what you do is you move 
Because as Bernard said, remember, you're not a tree. You've got choices. And whilst we're talking about trees, have you actually thought about that? The odds of coming onto this planet is one in 400 trillion. If you're the sort of person that whinges about things, why don't you think the fact what a miracle it is that you actually got the opportunity? I mean, think about the 99%, the millions and millions and millions and millions of sperm that just fucking never connected. All those things. I shouldn't say that. It sounds terrible saying it like that. But think about that. Guys and girls, you are a miracle being on this planet. The second thing is this. What if you came onto this planet and you were a dog? You were a dog in Indonesia, right? And no one's fucking giving you any food. What happens if you were a tree? You're a tree on a busy road and all you've got is cars flying through there every day. Don't you understand, guys and girls, that the fact that you're here, you already are a miracle. That is extraordinary. You are a miracle. So maybe tomorrow, when you're complaining about how shit the traffic is, maybe just think for a moment, would someone else like to have that problem? Maybe there's someone at a chemo ward tomorrow that would like to be sitting in the traffic waiting 15 minutes longer to get to work. Hey, here's the deal. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I'm telling you straight, the problem is never the problem. The problem is the way you look at the problem. And for many of you, one of the most incredible things that you're going to do in your lifetime is simply choose to look at situations differently. You see, for me, perspective is one of the biggest contributors and drivers of your happiness in life. I'm sharing this with you as I finish off here today, because on a daily basis, guys and girls, I get people coming to me, SMSing me, emailing me, talking to me about the pain that they're going through. You see, if it's not cancer, it's relationship problems. If it's not relationship problems, it's mental health issues. If it's not mental health issues, it's financial problems. If it's not financial problems, it's problems with their kids. Here's what I've learned. That life is in fact suffering. And if you actually accept that that is part of the deal, if you actually upset, accept and you factor these things in, you're going to absolutely be able to move forward in life a lot better. Here's the other thing that I learned. The minute that you accept suffering, you learn compassion. And you know what happens? When you've got compassion, you actually then open up. And that's why I actually think a lot of people come to me and I notice that there's a lot of pain, maybe it's because 
I've actually manned up enough to know and let you know that, hey, you can get punched in the face. And I'm going to tell you, I've been punched many, many times. But when I wrote that note, at the time, I was in absolute darkness. And you know what I've learned? Remember this. Nothing is permanent in life. Embrace impermanence. Think about it. Winters become springs. Mornings become lunchtimes and lunchtimes become evenings. I'm going to say to you that bread sometimes is good but has an expiry date at some point. I'm going to say to you guys and girls that life becomes death. Nothing's permanent. And most anxiety and stress is created by people wanting control. People wanting things to stay the same. I'm telling you, they don't. And that's why I'm going to finish off reading this note in one specific way to end this Sunday night rant. You cannot control the shit that happens to you, but you can control your response. Things get better by choice, not by chance. Decisions determine destiny. Falling down is an accident, but staying down is a choice. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. You just won't get much shit done if you only grind on the days you feel like it. And always remember, be yourself. People don't have to like you and you don't have to care. And my final words to you are this Sunday night rant is, as someone said to me on Friday, Tom, why do people get nasty and slag people off? on Facebook or Instagram and LinkedIn. Why do people do that? And I said to him, before you start getting worried about why they hate you, ask yourself, why do you actually even fucking care? Have a good night. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week and if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next?